0: Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by KinPrint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. KinPrint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. Tuesday night to you. Welcome to Got Your Back, Y-E-G live stream edition. Live on Twitter and on YouTube. For now, we'll see if we make it all the way to the end of the show because we got a newbie at the helm. We'll meet Steve in just a moment. Brownie, back in town, joining us once again here on the podcast. And Strutty uh, will also be ready to go. Got Your Back is always brought to you by our great friends over at Sherwood Buick GMC. Yes, the number one GMC dealership in all of Canada for five years running. That's impressive. Have you seen the all-new redesigned Sierra 1500? Fantastic vehicle. They have a lot of those over at Sherwood Buick GMC and they make the buying process extremely easy. So go see Phil and his crack staff uh, at Sherwood Buick GMC or visit sherwoodbuickgmc.com. We are coming to you from the Long Shots studio here in Sherwood Park. Great combination of golf, And Pub Atmosphere at Long Shots, locations on Stony Plain Road and out here in Sherwood Park as well. As we check in with the boys, Brownie is back from his odyssey. I can only tell you, Brownie, how many people, we did this big announcement, Rob Brown's joining us on the pod, (laughs) Rob Brown's joining us on the pod. And then you disappeared off the pod. Uh, Lots of people were worried about you, wondering what was going on.
1: Well, you should have been worried. As with twelve guys in Austin, Texas, so I was. <laughs> there was there was moments I was a little worried about myself whether I was going to get home or not. But uh, honestly, while I was down there, I wasn't able to be on it. But instead of going to the bars that night, I stayed home and watched you guys. Fantastic <laughs> both times. Yeah,
0: I call BS.
2: <laughs> How oh, many man. shows did you miss? I didn't even notice. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> He missed he, he missed a few because the intelligence <laughs> level dropped dramatically, and that was also notable by some regular <laughs> listeners. Uh, thrilled to have you back, Brownie. Thanks. Guys, we got a new teammate we got to say hi to as well. Yeah. So Zuby's always done such a great job on Got Your Back, but we're expanding a bit this year, right? We're taking on the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast at Rev Media. Zuby's going to be a big part in that. So we had to expand our talent pool, and so a familiar face – is in the chair tonight. Used to work for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, lots of skill when it comes to editing, audio, shooting, uh, everything production-wise. And he knows the game pretty darn well, too. Steve Taylor, can you get yourself on screen? There he is. <laughs> What's, just- <laughs> What's going on, Steve? I did it, guys. I doing, got pal? all four
3: of us on the screen at once
0: you did Pretty. yeah i mean you you kind of you, you you you're over top of rob brown's name so we'll yeah. have to work on that a little bit we look like um, the
1: brady bunch right now we are
0: we are the brady bunch i dig the guitars in the background can you actually play those or are they just for show
3: not as not as well as you can but i can i can uh, you know i can get a tune out that's for sure around the campfire that-
2: let me let me give you guys a quick steve taylor story my last <laughs> here year we, boy, here NHL, we go. <laughs> he's working for the orders and we're this is right around the trade deadline and we knew a lot of people were going to get traded i didn't really want to get traded i, I was kind of near then i think it was my last year my second i didn't want to get traded we're getting on the plane to go to chicago and steve taylor walks up beside me and says Hey man, I hope you packed a lot of stuff. You're probably gonna get traded. And we're Chicago. I'm like, what? I don't want to get I don't even want to get traded. I'm like, how does this guy know? I was so stressed. And they traded, I think that was when, if I remember correctly, I believe they traded like Grebishkov, Steos, all those guys. And we called up guys from like all over the place to play for us. I was so happy I didn't get traded because I didn't want to go. I was like, I want to stay. I want to stay and be a part of the solution. But Steve, that's my Steve Taylor's story. What the is your recollection
0: over. of that? That is an aggressive play for the social media media guy to go <laughs> marching up to the eighth defenseman on the roster and declare Listen.
3: that he's gone. Listen, the eighth defenseman on the roster was the only guy on that team that was truly good to me and a really nice guy to me. So I appreciated <laughs> Struds and if I had any any jokes or any pranks to give, they'd all go would all go on Struddy. So I apologize oh, Struddy. I I didn't know you were carrying that for so long, but uh, Oh yeah.
2: Years. Yeah, years I'm glad. of uh, trying to get that off my work with a <laughs> yeah. therapist. Finally I can He said speak my truth is what my therapist said.
3: He did.
0: <laughs> yeah, he finally got that off his chest when he heard you were coming on board. He's like, "Hey, Wait for the first episode, I'm going to nuke this guy. So Steve, you have been appropriately put in your place, as should always be the case in your first episode. Thanks for checking in, buddy. We're super pumped to have you as part of the team and try not to screw it up tonight. Uh, I'll do my
3: best. Happy to be here.
0: All right. That is Steve Taylor, our good buddy out in Kelowna. Uh, Both he and Zuby are both in Kelowna. I'm glad that they're both doing okay uh, because it was rough sledding there over the last month or so. But uh, really glad to have those guys on board. Uh, Just setting up the podcast quick tonight, guys. We're going to have a discussion about deployment. Jay Woodcroft, minutes given. uh, Any adjustments that he should be making this year. That's going to be in our uh, breakdown segment. Segment number two, takeaways. We're going to get a gotcha backstory from Brownie because we haven't had one of those yet here on the podcast. So looking forward to that. Uh, Strutty's World. A bit of an idea on a rule change potentially. Uh, that Sidney Crosby put forward. So we'll dig into that as well. And then ask us anything. If you have any questions on the stream, um, fire them our way. Steve, and uh, I know Zuby's there overseeing things as well. They're going to take your comments uh, for the time being, and they'll bring them forward in our Ask Us Anything segment. Let's get to the breakdown, though, brought to you by Mr. Dirk, the iconic men's clothing store founded in 1935 nine. When you've been around that long, you're doing something right. Just off White Avenue and 102nd Street, they got a beautiful new shop. Uh, Mr. Dirk, formerly Dirk's, has everything you need for every aspect of your wardrobe, casual clothes, suits, pants, everything you need to look your best. Mr. Dirk has you covered. So I was at the Oiler Golf Tournament today, a media golf tournament. They do a nice job, have the media out, get an opportunity to rub you know, rub elbows a little bit with the brass and a chance for us media to all touch base before training camp gets going. And they had a hot stove uh, where Bob Stoffer actually hosted uh, Jeff Jackson, Ken Holland and uh, Jay Woodcroft. And one of the questions that Bob asked uh, Woody was about Philip Broberg and about Dylan Holloway and about deployment and these sorts of things. Uh, struds, we'll talk about those two in particular, but big picture, let me put this to you guys. Do you expect any major adjustments from Jay Woodcroft in terms of deployment throughout his roster? Strutty, the way he's using certain guys, do you think there needs to be some tweaks there? Will we see it?
2: It's a slippery slope, um, what I'm going to suggest here. So I don't know if he's going to do it, but I would do it. And I'm um, and I'm, I'm just going to copy the Stanley Cup champions. Uh, the Edmonton owners, their top player in the playoffs played over 23 and a half minutes. Their lowest player, and I kind of did an average of like, the 12, 13 Ford played just over seven. The Vegas Golden Knights, their top guy played 19 minutes a night, and their next low and their lowest guy again, kind of an, roughly right around the 10 minute mark. So it, it kind of squeezes it down and gets more players involved in the game, uh, keeping more energy on all your players. Now, I get it's hard to kind of try to keep 97 or 29 off the off, off the ice, but I think it keeps everybody involved in that game. And I think that's a reoccurring thing you guys have heard from me. So I'll,
1: I'll hang up and just listen to your response, Rob Brown. <laughs> well, I, I think that we heard from Derek Ryan a year and a half ago when, when Tippett was still coaching, and he talked about the fact that it was hard for those players in the bottom six to to feel part of the team. It was hard for them to be uh, part of the solution when they're getting three, four, five, six minutes a night in that. Uh, and when they, all of a sudden Woodcroft first came in, the deployment was different. Everyone was getting ice time. Everyone was feeling a little love. And, I mean, Strudge, you've been in a bottom pairing in defense. I've been in the bottom six as a forward. Hey, sometimes you get lost in a game when all of a sudden uh, penalties come and power plays and you're 7, eight, nine, 10, 12 minutes without a shift. And it's hard to keep, uh, you know, the engine going. And I think I agree. I think the others got to find a way to make sure there's a little bit of love going to everybody. And sometimes in a a 4-1 game, you throw your second unit out first on the power play. We've talked about that. Uh, Start your fourth line in a hockey game. Start your third line in a hockey game. Because right now, you already know that your third or fourth line is getting a shift in the first six minutes because they started the game. The best teams, the teams that win Stanley Cups every year, there's always an unsung hero. There's always a player in the third or fourth line that does something special. Those are guys that have confidence because they got to play during the season.
0: Yeah, it's uh, that, that's a great point, Brownie, and it's it's what I was going to bring up next. It's an investment, right? It's an investment in that player, maybe finding confidence in a big moment when you really need him to have it, and a balancing act, Strud's, for a coach who maybe got young players. We saw it early last season with Dylan Holloway made some mistakes, and I don't feel the orders necessarily made that investment early on in the season for the potential payoff down the road. So, but it's not just about Dylan Holloway. It's about Warren Fogle. It's about trying guys in a penalty kill situation and, and riding through some of the difficulties to getting more people involved in special teams. The coaches have to weigh this out over the long term. What's going to help me win this game tonight? Sometimes Strud's will be a different answer than what's going to help me win a playoff series at the end of the year. And you got to balance those two as a coach, don't you?
2: It's really hard. It's really hard. and It's it's funny. You know, you, you make really good points. You talk about, you know, the, the, and I get it. I get why he, you know, kind of shorter leash on, um, uh, uh, what's in Holloway, uh, and at times Broberg, but it didn't seem or feel like Vinny Darnay had a shorter leash, right? You go into the playoffs specifically in the playoffs, you know, there were some times where, you know, and I've, I've been Vinny Darnay, so I get it. I get it. But I, even I was like, oh man, like. They might maybe we should miss, miss a couple shifts or something, right? And they kept putting him out there, so um, you know, maybe there was some familiarity there because he'd had him before in the minors. But it is it is interesting because I, I don't think, guys, that Vinny was treated the same as, as and, and just to use it, Holloway now, younger player, and I get all that stuff, but um, I think that's something to monitor this year. So, does he, does Holloway get um, a little different way of, of, of being treated, maybe being put out there a little more often?
1: You know what I think, too, is it, come playoff time, there's a lot of stressful situations, and you don't know what your lineup's going to look like. You don't know who's injured, who's not injured, who's playing well, who's missing a game. I think over the course of 82 games, let's face it, barring something incredibly unforeseen, the others are a playoff team. They're too good not to be a playoff team. So it's yeah. not as though nowadays that every single game, every single minute is that important, because they're going to win hockey, games, they're going to be a playoff team. But I think the one thing that they need to do is put players in stressful situations early in the regular season so that they know what they're capable of doing come playoff time. And I don't know if they did that as much last year. They knew that Connor and Leon were really good come playoff time. They knew who Hyman could do, Nugent Hopkins. But now you got to find out what the young players are capable of doing. Test them out. Give them a stressful situation early in the season or midway through the season. See what they're capable of. Now you know at the trade deadline, well, we tried Holloway. He was good in an 8-1 game, but when it was 3-2, based off in our own zone, he wasn't able to get it done. Now we go to go find someone to do it at the trade deadline because we need some experience that's capable of doing that.
0: I think so often in our analysis, study, and I think back to the podcast last year, and, and it's probably on, on us too for the way we analyze things, we really do live in the moment a lot. How did that player play tonight equals what that player has coming to him next game, or it should. Uh, How did that player play in the first period equals whether or not he gets shifts in the second or third period or an opportunity back in that spot. But it really is a long term thing. And your point about Vegas and the number of usable players they had when it absolutely mattered the most. I do wonder, as I look at what the Oilers bottom, you know, fourth line could end up looking like here, Brownie. I don't know if that ends up being a playoff-style fourth line, so maybe there's something to think about there too. In that, you know, are these guys going to be there at that point in time? You know, who do you invest in? Who do you not? You know, you're going to upgrade at certain times, but you know, for Jay Woodcroft, it's it's invest in these guys, but there's just so much pressure to win in the moment
1: too. There is, but I think the Oilers are at a different um, stage in their their progression to win a Stanley cup. This is now not a team that's going to have to fight tooth and claw to win a play or to get to the playoffs. They are a playoff team. They will be there. I think that the first 30, 40 games of the season, as much as you're trying to win and they are, and they will, but you got to have auditions on the third and fourth lines. You got to have auditions. Where's Connor going to play? Is Connor Brown going to play. Is he going to play with new or McDavid? You can going to play with dry These are things that you do in the regular season. So come playoff time, now you know where all the things work and where all the things that don't work. So as, as you're talking about the fourth line, well, there's probably five or six guys that are vying for those three spots on the first, fourth line. Run through all of them at some point. Give mm-hmm. them all a chance and see which ones are capable and put them in situations. They know against Vegas where they had success in their bottom six, and they know where they didn't have success. So when they find a game that seems to be like a playoff-style hockey game, Throw your fourth line out in one of those pressured situations. See how those players handle it. If they handle it well, well, you get to keep moving forward with it. If they don't, well, now you know you need to make a change. I like the way way you're putting that. I like how you guys are
2: talking about usable players. One area I think that Jay has to kind of figure out is when you can feel the momentum shifting. Who's your cooler? Like which line or which players are your coolers to go out there and kind of tilt it back and you know, people in, in, in the olden days, we used to talk about an energy line. Let's get the energy line out there and get some hits and get in the offensive zone. Well, who is that for the orders? So, and I know that you yeah, have the two, you know, most offensive players in the league. It might be those two guys. Maybe you put them together. Like, I don't know what it is, but they need to have a line that's a cooler line than a line that come up there and do it again. Because we saw in the playoffs, and quite frankly, at times during the season, where they get scored on, shift scored, scored on. And it's like three, bang, 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 three goals in what? Three, four, five, seven minutes, whatever it is, and the game is out of reach. Now, if you give one up and you put the cooler out there, okay, now we're, we're we're we we get things back in line and and go again. So that is, you know, I guess if you're looking about deployment, I don't know if you want to make a Frankenstein line to do that <laughs> or you identify one line. I I I would like to see yeah. Connor Brown on that line. It kind of like I like the idea of Hyman and Connor Brown on that line because I think those two guys just they work so hard. They're so tenacious. And then a center. Now maybe maybe it's not one of the top two big guys. Maybe it's a, you know, would it would it would, would McLeod or something? you know, just something different to cool it off, guys. You enter kind of sense where I'm going with this?
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I disagree though. In that I don't think you want to have to Frankenstein a line mm-hmm. to find that. I think you want to empower a line to become that. So the top two lines are going to be what they're going to be. They're going to go out there. They're always going to try and grab momentum back by creating offense and working hard and doing all those things, right? Their identity is set. We know what they are. But to your point, Struds, they need a third line that has some swagger and some confidence and that exact identity that you just talked about, right? Dylan Holloway, get out there with confidence. Skate fast, throw hits, feel confident with the puck Warren Fogle, finish your check, skate fast. They need to be able to, that, that line needs to be given the space to develop an identity so that they can be that game changer in big moments. And I think that's going to take some time. I think it's going to take some time with Holloway. McLeod does not always play that way. And Warren Fogle can do it when he wants, but doesn't always. But I really think that third line is going to be critical to develop that exact personality you just talked about. But I think it's going to be a frustrating process because they don't
1: always do it. Well, you know what's The word I like to use there was empower. And I've been on teams where I was on the third line. When the coach calls you in and said, okay, here's your job tonight. Tonight, they got Solani playing with Korea. Your job is to shut them down. We trust you to shut them down. We believe in you. Here's what you do well. We've got some video we put together of you doing the positive things, the right things. So a coaching staff can empower a line, especially if you're players that, you know, you're not star players, you're third line guys, role players. But if a coaching staff calls you in and says, we got a big task on you and then just continues to push that into you, that you believe in yourself. Now you have line meetings. You start hanging out in practice, start talking more on the bench. Come on, we can do this. This is going to be a good game. And you've got to live with mistakes. I think that's the biggest thing as a, as a, player, if you're afraid to make a mistake, you're not going to be an effective player because you're playing tentative, you're playing timid. So if there are mistakes early in the season or early in a game, you allow those players to go out there and correct. And then you're going to see also what kind of player you have. Is this a guy that crumbles when he makes a mistake or is this the kind of player that says, you know what, I made that mistake and watch what I go do to make up for it. So yeah, I think empower the line to be what you need them to be. Believe in them and then they'll believe in themselves.
0: Struds, anything on that?
1: No, I think you're right.
2: And I, and so, you know, it's ironically, I think that ties in really well with my original point about, you know, it's crunching the ice time down a bit, right? So just, mm-hmm. you know, taking a little bit off the top, adding a little bit to the bottom. And I, I think that when players are playing, you feel so much better about yourself. When you are going out there every... Five minutes on the game clock—it's really hard to feel good about yourself. And you know, maybe I'm speaking from where you know my own little kind of insecurities at the bottom of the lineup. But um you know, it's it—you it, need to be put out there to get that confidence. And so, are you willing, as an organization, to trim minutes off your top players and to the most dynamic offensive players in the league? Mm-hmm. That's a hard one to set, do. And if you're going to do it, I believe you have to talk to those guys and say, "Hey." This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. You're, you know, and that's, that's, you know, because two less minutes a game, you know, you're talking about 10%. Does that take 10% of their points off, right? Do they go from X to 90% of X? And are they willing to do that? Uh, But
0: Brownie, Brownie, and it's a great point you make, Struds. Let me ask you this question, Brownie. Crawl into the minds of Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid a little bit here. So they're sitting on the bench in the playoffs behind in a series, games are slipping away, it's not going the way they want. Do you think that those guys sit on the bench and watch what's going on and their heart of hearts go, the answer is for me to be out there more? Or do you think in their heart of hearts, they're looking around going, we need to be getting more out of everybody. We can only do so much. I think it's the second one. I think they would be okay with that understanding, having sat through it, knowing we need to get more out of more guys?
1: Well, if you've done it during the regular season, you've seen success from the other players, then it's easy in the playoff to say, hey, Mm -hmm. I know they've done it, so I feel confident. Now, every star player is going to want to play more. It doesn't matter which player. Actually, every player wants to play more, (laughs) and they all feel like they can contribute more. But I, I do believe it's got to be something they've seen before. If all of a sudden, in game five against Vegas Golden Knights, you know what, this hasn't worked well tonight. Now all of a sudden we're going to start bumping up the ice some of our third and fourth lines. Mm -hmm. Now you're looking, okay, wait a sec, we haven't done this all year. But from day one, you start playing them and seeing that they're capable of doing. Uh, The buy-in from Connor and Leon have been huge. I mean, Strudge has played on teams too where the star players were not always the, the hardest working players. The star players were not the first on the ice, the last off the ice. They certainly weren't coming to camp two weeks early to practice. This is a team that's got buy-in from their star players. So I do believe that, yes, that if over the course of the season they see that these players are contributing on a regular night, every night, that they will be fine with it because their ultimate goal is to win a Stanley Cup. They've won all the awards now. Now Mm -hmm. they want to have a Stanley Cup.
0: Yeah, those guys I think would be – like I think back to the playoffs last year and there was a practice – in the, over in the practice facility. And I watched McDavid for probably seven or eight minutes, which in, you know, hockey free time at the end of a practice is an eternity working with Ryan McLeod on battling for pucks in the corner, just took McLeod aside and just pulled him in there and just the two of them did. And they were just working on it and working on it and working on it. And I was thinking to myself, that feels like an investment from Connor McDavid into a guy who he knows when it hits the fan and they're in those big moments, he needs Ryan McLeod to be able to handle those situations. Cause Connor can't be out there all the time. They just can't. And he seems sturdy to be taking ownership in wanting the guys around him to be able to take the next step too, which to me is like that next evolution in that, you know, as you really come into your own as a leader, it's less about you and more about what you can do for the people around you. And that's exactly it. We've
2: spoken about that before. And it's about, you know how can I make everybody better and everyone you know accountable and everyone you know ready to do more and and the message he's sending here by working with you know the younger players or other players, I'm guessing there might be some more challenging in the dressing room of, mm. of you know hey man we got to do this let's all do that getting here two weeks early like that is that is none of this is just random, it's well thought out and Connery said we need to do more we need to figure out more and get to the next level so um, I 100% agree with you and I think that. You know going back to our point about shortening you know their ice time we're taking a bit of ice time like y- you can't do it without talking to them you have to explain you know today's player and quite frankly all of every player they they want to know why why are we doing what will be the benefit for us as a group what is what are you hoping to achieve with this you can't just say we're cutting your ice time or just go from there hey we think that by doing this it'll these three things will happen that'll make us better come april 15th okay we're down like if, if, you know, you, you, that's the conversation you have to have. And these, I believe these conversations will have had happened already, right? You're not just going to sit down day one at training camp. Like, hey, by the way, I'm, sh- I'm shedding 10 minutes off or, you know, 10% of your ice time. That's not happening. This is a summer conversation when it's calm and let these guys think about it.
0: Um, Evan Bouchard's minutes, 1831 he averaged last season. Do we feel like he'll be higher this year? Do we feel like he and Ekholm... Might end up being the pair that that takes on the greater of the minutes, or do you think Nurse and and his partner will always be that at even strength?
1: I think Nurse will be the guy at even strength. I think Bouchard's minutes will be higher because of the power play, mm-hmm. and he'll be a guy that plays, you know, a minute forty of the power play. Sometimes two minutes when you're a defenseman on the power play. A lot of the time, especially the Oilers, they never give up the puck, so you're not chasing it, so you don't get a you're not too tired back there, but. Uh, to me nurse every every year people talk about nurse and then they brought in Ekholm. okay he's going to take all this, nurse still had the most minutes almost every oh, yeah. single game yeah so nurse will still be the guy uh Ekholm will uh get his minutes but to me this is still uh nurse is the guy in the back end and Ekholm's there is your one b yeah i'm with you i i think the nurse is there um
2: you know now, could we see a change maybe on CC's minutes? Possibly, you know, I don't know if that, that'll
0: be the same. Maybe he'll uh, get but, pushed a bit, eh, Struddy? Like if one of Broberger uh can push him. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I, I
2: and I, I see people writing that that they think Broberger Darren A is gonna push past CC. That's a
0: tall ass. I'm one. not I, saying push past him. I'm saying push him. Like so those guys can maybe gobble up a couple more minutes than they did last year not pass him on the roster yeah. but or, but just eh.
2: yeah I guess maybe you could I don't know I don't know. <laughs> you're not buying it no. eh? I, okay. I just I can I can I'm sorry I just I I again with all due respect Vinny Darnay is a third pairing penalty killing shutdown defenseman and I think he, that he's going to be good at that I think that's exactly what he is What's and Cody CeCe, Struds uh I don't, I think Cody have probably third moves pairing. The puck better than, I think Cody moves the puck better but yeah. you know to be fair Cody CC is not exactly paid like a first-parent defenseman. I know. But he's being played I'm, like one. That's yeah, kind of what I'm saying
0: is yeah, maybe but. there shouldn't be that much of a gap between the two of them. He's played well in that spot. but I think he's more
2: of a veteran. I think he's been around. For sure. not, I don't think he is. He is more of a veteran than those two guys. And don't get me wrong. like I I love defensemen. I, I will never criticize these guys. But in, I'm in, saying in, maybe in
0: Broberg more, though, Struts. Broberg Bro- more Broberg. than Dan has the potential to nudge upwards, don't you think? He could. I think he could. I think he could.
2: Yes, um, but again, here here is a championship team. Are you going to put a guy with 50 NHL games in the top spot? Beside, I don't, I'm not sure. I think that's unlikely. I, mm-hmm. I, I guys, I'll say it now. I think that spot filled by someone else by the trade deadline. I agree. I so, you know, we can and I and honestly, it might be Broberg going out. I, I, I'm not an insider. I have no idea what's going to happen. But if you want him to play well, so he's an asset you can move. And it's not. I I like the idea of what Broberg. We become. I don't see how he gets a regular shift this year. Are you going to dress 7 all the time? Maybe if you do that if you if you only dress 6 who's coming out? I guess Vinny. So then Vinny's not developing like it's it's a tough spot. Um, Brownie
0: there was a time when Struds protected the kids like they were his own. Like, do not move them, do not touch them. And now he's just, he's firing them out of town before training camp has even started. It's...
1: He's controversial now, Ryan. He's controversial. Yeah. Get him on a podcast. Look yeah, at me yeah. now.
0: But when you're in a window to win and you're a cup contender, those sometimes are the casualties of trying to get yourselves over the hump, right? That's just, that's just the bottom line. That's just the well, way he it also
1: is. You also got to look to uh, what we've seen with Woodcroft. He likes veteran players. He has more yeah. trust in them. And 100%. there's more trust in Cody Cece right now.
0: We're in the Long Shot Studio here in Sherwood Park on Got Your Back. Uh, Rob Brown's appearances, by the way, brought to you this season by our great friends over at KinPrint, helping you push your business brand to the next level. Check them out at KinPrint.ca. We're going to get some uh, printing done on the podcast this year, so we'll have some Got Your Back hats, and Brownie will get you outfitted in some stuff. So welcome to our good friends over at KinPrint. And that was the breakdown. Uh, Steve? uh we forgot in our first episode with you at the helm normally we do a rundown about what's going to happen when just to make sure we're in alignment i feel like we got the long shots break to come right now and then we'll do takeaways after sounds great that sounds good you ready for that that's not throwing you a curveball you can't handle
3: i've been a fan of the show for so long that i'm just i'm feeling it out you know it just feels right you
0: know You naturally know what's coming up next. All right. right. We're going to be like 25 (laughs) seconds. Uh, Here's a quick look at one of our newer partners, uh, our good friends over at Long Shots. Great facility in the park and over on Stony Plain Road as well. Here's a quick look, more about Long Shots and then takeaways. Brownie's got your backstories coming up. Sports fans, top of the line trackman simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience while a full service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a z.ca. All right, it is time now for Takeaways brought to you by Dr. Tyler Fix over at Redefined Health. They specialize in total body and mind wellness from chiropractic and massage care treatments, acupuncture, soft tissue therapy, nutrition, even an on-site registered psychologist. Redefined Health is here to help you get well and stay healthy for your lifetime. Visit RedefinedHealth.com. So, uh, Brownie, we've had a bunch of different guests over the first few seasons of the pod. Pierre and I had a bunch on, on last season giving us their Got Your Back stories. And uh, so as the, the newest member, uh, we wanted to kind of open up the floor for you to give us your Got Your Back story. Brownie, when I put that to you, man, what jumps to mind? Who had Rob Brown's back
1: in the day? Do you want, do you want on ice or off ice?
0: But why don't you give us one one of each since we've got time? Like all right, well,
1: on ice, I, my I think it's my second year in the NHL. We we're playing in Quebec, and a five on five started. And in a five on five, you very quickly, especially when you're not tough, you very quickly look for another not tough guy. Full brawl, So full brawl. Okay, gotcha. You're the full brawl. Everyone's full brawl. fighting. Everyone's so I looked very very quickly, and I, I I'm not a quick skater, but I quickly skated over to Joe Sakic. And I grabbed Saka, he grabbed me, and we had just played in the World Juniors the year before. And the fights were going on all over the ice, and we just kind of talked. More or less looked after, make sure no one was getting beat up. Then all of a sudden, Gord Donnelly, for Quebec, knocked out one of our players. And after he knocked him out, now he's skating around the ice looking for someone else to knock out. And he came over to where me and Joe were, and he grabbed my shirt, and he looked at me, and says, you're about to die, kid. And I was like, oh my God, and Joe Saka, no, 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 leave him, leave him, leave him, it's Okay. Come on! I got this. And he looked at me. He says, "You're lucky." And he skated away. And I just said, "Joe, thank you, thank you so much." <laughs> As I was like, "I'm done." So yeah. So Joe Sakic from the Quebec Nordiques on the other team, he had my back.
0: Wow, <laughs> that's it. spectacular. I thought so. No kidding. Have you ever had a chance to talk to Joe about that story?
1: Uh, no, no, I haven't actually. Um, but. I think he knows that he saved my life that night.
0: (laughs) Struds, how did you uh, how did you react in any five on fivers that you got into? Like, were you were you a good guy out there? You'd you'd pair up with a guy, you'd go until someone clearly had won or lost, and then you just shut it right down. Or were you did you go all like googly eyed and go chasing around looking for a second go? I wasn't in
2: many. I I don't. I remember. I think I had one in junior, right? I, I oh. I don't remember but i remember i was in a fight and it's just people were just roaring and i remember thinking this isn't even that good of a fight and then it kind of slows down you look around everyone's fighting i'm like oh my god this is what's going on like you have no idea and it's kind of scary because when you're really focused on the guy you're fighting you could get absolutely cold cocked by someone just floating around and that's that's a really scary like i, I remember being scared after that like uh not scared of fighting, but just scared of like, what if I get hammered from behind, like no one's watching. So scary.
1: Well, they had to put a new rule in, in the Western hockey league. So when one of my, I think it was my third or fourth year I played there, there was a rule if a fight started and another fights or anything happened. You didn't go to your bench, you were all kicked out. So what we we used to play New Westminster, and what they would do is off a face off, they, they'd send out their five toughest guys and they would start a fight and then as soon as that fight started, everyone else would jump us. So, me and Greg Hoggett, like, we would just get beat up. We would just be standing, get beat up, and kicked out of the game. It was just horrendous. So, they had to put a new rule in because we kept getting beat up and doing nothing and thrown out of the game. So, but yeah. my other got your back My got your back story off the ice. So, one year, Christmas time, when I was playing junior, came back to town, and me and my buddy, Richard, owns a sports shop in town. We had a double date. We went to Denny Andrews. I think it was a Monday night, three for one. So, we were in there on our double date up top, they had a little step up to the bar. And all of a sudden, five guys from, I believe they were played for Spokane that year. Five guys walked in, there, and they were all tough, way tougher than me. And they <laughs> asked me to step outside and fight. And I'm like, there's zero chance I'm getting beat up in front of my date. Zero chance. Yeah. And they stood there, like, waiting. Just as soon as you go to the bathroom, we're going to beat you up. I'm like, I had to pee so bad. My <laughs> date beside me, my buddy who's about as tough as I am across from me, and his date, I think the two girls were tougher than us. And all of a sudden, Mark Kachowski, who at that point was the toughest guy in the Western Hockey League, and my line mate, walks into the bar <laughs> oh. and he walked over, he gives me a hug. I whisper in the ear what's going on. He turns around, walks over to the five guys from, I think it was Spokane, said, Hey, if anything happens to my friend Brownie tonight, we're gonna see you next time we play, and it's not gonna be pretty. Five <laughs> guys, there's five of them. They look that amazing child, said, Okay, and they walked out and then I got to go dancing with my date.
0: <laughs> wow. God love him. Hey, just taking oh. care of
1: business. That's right. There there you go. My buddy, Chow, he's always looking after me.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. I love it. Brownie, those are dynamite stories, love man. It. Yeah. Thanks for sharing those. Thanks for sharing those. Strutty, you ever almost uh, have any close encounters that would have gone poorly for you? I mean, you could handle most guys that came your way. You were yes. a crafty enough scrapper that... I mean, there would have been nobody you would have had to, you know, really, really sweat. You can handle yourself.
2: No, you know what? On the ice, I felt like I could, I would at least not get murdered. Like I might get beat up, but not get murdered. But off the ice, I was always worried because I I never got into a fight off the ice. I never, I never did. But I was always worried that there'd be the one guy, you know what? You don't even, I don't know if you've ever been in a fight and you're like, let's go, let's go. And the guy's like, oh yeah, let's do it. You're like. Oh, no, no, no. Why that's, are you so That's anxious? not the response I wanted. What like, don't I know? Yeah, yeah, that's what's scary. And so, you know, like a UFA fight or a UF, uh, UFC fighter, right? And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to beat the wheels off this guy. Like, oh, God, that's that's not good. So, like, I went out of my way not to fight. Like, I – and I yeah, – oh, this guy's going to be I'm like, we could beat you up. Yeah, you could. Okay, see you later. And I'd just be like, just slide away like I – I want to no know part of fighting off the ice. It was gonna be oh, way yeah. too expensive and it wasn't worth it.
0: When I was younger and actually going to the bar now and then, but still working at TSN, I'd be out with my buddies and I would always say to them, kind of ironic given the name of our podcast, I'd be like, Listen, if there's any trouble at all tonight, fellas, if there's any issues at all, I do not have your back. I will be crawling <laughs> on the floor between people's legs to get outside the bar because yeah. I got a family to feed and I do not bar fight. It's just it's a total. An absolute no-fly zone. I, I'm a guy too. A few scraps when I played junior here and there, whatever. Never had to be in a fight off the ice at all. Brownie, you ever been in a fight fight off the ice? Uh yeah, I lost. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we need that story now. No, I just I actually, just okayed an extra five minutes on the pod tonight no, for that well, story. It was, it
1: was actually in Kamloops, outside a bar, and I was oh, which being one? Friendly. Uh, I think it was Go Go Bananas. I think it was Go Bananas. Okay, and yeah. I was just being friendly and. Oh, I, yeah. I challenged a guy to fight, and then his friend decided he wanted to fight for me for him. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he did the little—he pretended to kick me, and I looked down, and he punched me right in the lips, and all that it hurt. Oh, he and faked you out. He faked me out. I wasn't very—I <laughs> was not a strong fighter. <laughs> yeah. So then I got no. fat lip. I know it's hard to believe. Strides. Don't I say mean, that. I was not a strong <laughs> fighter. What an so, admission yeah.
0: from Rob Brown.
1: Yeah, so that was, yeah, my buddies still make fun of me about that one, so, yeah.
0: Oh, that's gold.
2: Hey, that's, look,
1: I'm going to kick you. Okay, bang.
0: Bang,
2: and down mm-hmm. you go. I'd actually argue there's another fight you lost off the ice. It was with uh, the squat rack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that was Takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. Want to thank you for all the comments coming in on the stream. We're going to get to those in our Ask Us Anything segment. We'll go to the Johnson uh, digital hotline, we'll call it. The Weiss Johnson mentions, and of course getting your furnaces serviced now before they break down in the dead of winter is the way to go because you don't want to wait till it's minus 30 before you make that call. Be proactive rather than reactive. It's always a good idea to have your furnace or heating system serviced and tuned up for winter so you know that you will not have to worry. Let's see how good the new guy is on the Weiss Johnson button. Stay
2: Weiss Johnson,
0: Not, that not bad at uh, all. I forgot to give a bit of an update, guys. Uh, there was news tonight on Sam Gagne, and it was part of the hot stove that we had uh, over at the, the Order Media Tournament there. Ken Holland mentioned that Gagne is actually, he's cleared to practice, but he's not going to be able to play any games for probably three weeks or more struds. So his ability to get in and really get scrappy for a spot on the opening night lineup, uh, probably not going to happen. He said that Gagne is kind of open to the idea, you know, open to going to the American Hockey League if he has to or whatever. But it's not going to be a sprinting start struds for Gagne to try and make this team.
2: Yeah, that it's always hard, right? When you're when you're coming in, you're trying to earn a spot, and you're not there to earn it. It makes it makes it difficult. Um, you know, I think you know if, if I'm Raphael Lavoie, not that you want to see other people hurt, but I think this is maybe an opportunity, right? You might get an extra game to show what you can do. Um, you know, I think that Brandon Sutter is kind of same thing. He hasn't played in so long. I, I just, I want to see him up close and I've, I've always liked the way he played, but he hasn't played in two years. So those are two guys that are real wild cards, um, for, for this team. Great guys. I think you, you like what they can bring if, you know, if they can get themselves up to speed.
1: Brownie. Yeah. I think it, it hurts Gagne. Uh, I've gone to uh, a camp on a, a PTO and when you do, you want to play every game. Because you don't want someone else in there looking good. Because then he'll take your spot. So when I went to Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. years ago, put me in every exhibition game. Because when I'm in there, at least I can control what happens. If I'm out of the lineup, all of a sudden someone else goes in and gets into a fight, throws a couple big hits, gets a goal. uh, I can't stop that. So it it sets him back. And obviously he'll have to go to the American Hockey League. He's not going to earn a spot based on practice. Because they've got to see what he's capable of doing in hockey games.
0: The other... The other logistical thing that I'll throw in there, though, is if you, if you aren't healthy enough to get going right away and your tryout doesn't really start for a little bit longer, there's a period of time where players are in and out of that waiver wire. Like the Oilers, I don't know. I mean, who knows how things go. But if you can belay a decision on your future with the team until after any waiver transactions have had to happen you may end up in a spot where, oh, they didn't expect to lose that guy and lost him, and now your lot in life has changed a little bit. So you never know. It's kind of like that hanging around thing. The more, the longer <laughs> you just hang around, you never know what might happen. So, But for Sam Gagne, he's going to take a real honest shot at this thing, but I think the Oilers are just happy to have him as part of the organization, whether that's at the American League level, helping out with some real good young wingers that they're working on Or if he can maybe surprise some people and grab a full-time NHL job. Okay, Brownie, we're going to subject you to your first Strudie's world, uh, yeah, it's I know it's a big thing. I know it's a big. This is thing.
1: exciting. This is it's like better than Christmas.
0: I know, I know.
1: Well, the last one, uh, I mean, so far our topics
0: have been the lawn, mustard. Uh, I don't even remember what else. Uh, it's been all over the map. He's actually going to dial it in a little bit tonight and talk some hockey in Strudie's world. It's brought to you by my brothers, DLR Vinyl Products, with locations. In Calgary and Edmonton, DLR provides beautiful maintenance-free vinyl fencing and decking materials. And the key is that maintenance-free, right? Because once you put it in, you don't have to worry about it. Painting, staining, sanding, anything like that. Maintenance-free is the way to go. Uh, DLRvinylproducts.ca is the website. Go ahead and roll that beautiful animation, steve When you make a mistake, heads should roll just me and Nick Lachey, window
2: down, shirt off, just loving it. My goal is someday may be forced gum. No, but I say it out loud. It does sound a little crazy. Everybody wants to look at ways to improve the NHL, change the change the rules, make the game faster. And we've we've seen changes over the years. The rule changes, no clutch and grabbing. We've seen uh, the red line go out, we've seen the trapezoid for the goalies. And Greg Wasinski and uh, Kristen uh, Silton over at Shelton, sorry my bad, over at uh, ESPN, they kind of did a round table with a bunch of guys um, uh, players and just kind of asked some random questions. And one was, was um asked all these guys what rule he would add to the NHL. And this is Sidney Crosby's response. I want to get the whole thing so it's clear. Sidney Crosby says about adding a rule to NHL. I don't want to add this or subtract it as a rule. I just want to see it. Bringing the red line back. I would love to see how that would affect the game. You knew it when it was there. There was a ton of trapping, all that sort of thing, but it'd be totally just a different game today. I think it would force you to have to make more, uh, a few more passes. I would just love to see the combination of the way we play now combined to bringing the red line back compared to what it would look like when it was first there. Well thought out answer by a, a, obviously one of the greatest players to ever to play. I I've been favor in the past of bringing the red line back. Now I don't want to see the trap, and I think a simple way to avoid that is saying that uh, forwards can't skate backwards in the neutral zone. I think that'd be one way. You see that boom? I like can basketball. You get a two minute penalty or whatever. Um, but as far as that, I you know we we come through with so much speed speed through neutral zone, and it's good. But there's not a lot of plays being made. Uh, oftentimes we'll also see just a hammer the puck up uh, to the far line. We just tip it in and we just go and forecheck. That's not really a skilled play. What you're trying to do is just move uh, where the puck is quickly from your end to the other end. Again, not a super skilled play. The way that all four lines now can play, the way they can pass, the skill through all the lines, I believe it's never been higher. Uh, Not that the top end's higher, but the lines three and four are definitely more skilled, as well as the defensemen. So I'd really be in favor of this idea, and I'd love to see it, because uh, along with Sidney Crosby, I think there would be more plays being made uh, through the neutral zone. And give and goes, getting open, rather than just blasting through the neutral zone as fast as you can with or without the puck and getting to the other end. Brownie, you were a guy that played very skilled game. Uh, what would be your thoughts on this, on what Sidney Crosby said? And now he doesn't want to change it, but he'd like just to see what it looks like with the red line back in it.
1: Played without the red line. When <laughs> did they make that rule? Like, I don't know the way they play now. I'm not even sure when that rule came in, so I'm not even sure if I ever played the way it is now. Um, a, I think – did you say that forwards aren't allowed to skate backwards? In That's, the neutral That's we a can penalty. Trap. Yeah. Hey, seriously, you know flag what? Flag on the play. Like, you know what? Big flag yeah, on I'm, the play. I'm already never listening to Stratty's World again. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> um, I, I, I would like to see it again. I. I, my, I played my whole career with the red line, so I was, I, I'm used to that. Um, I understood why they took it out to try and open up more ice. But every time they make a rule change, there's a defensive coach out there that's going to try and find a way to stop that, that rule change. So um, I'm, I'm open to anything. I mean, you have minor leagues to try these things out in. You've got junior leagues you can try these things out in. You've got summer camps you can try them out in. Yeah, I've got no problem with it. I just have a problem with the no skating backwards in the neutral zone. I mean, I was really good backwards skating. Don't take that away from me. Seriously, I was better backwards than forwards. So on a backwards skating story, I had a breakaway once with the Hartford Whalers, and I was flying. I had about a 10 to 15-foot head start, and I was going. It was in Boston, and I was flying up the ice. And all of a sudden, I could hear someone catch me. I'm like, oh, no, you're not going to catch me. Breakaway, never going to miss a breakaway. And it was Ray Bork, and he skated by, by me. Backwards. He never turned <laughs> forwards. He skated all the way behind me backwards, and then got in front of me, knocked the puck away, and knocked me over. I'm like, "Okay, hey, this is really embarrassing." The place went nuts. The guy did not have to turn around forwards to skate. That, that was embarrassing.
0: That is fantastic. Well, last year, can't remember when it was, it was a training camp or practice, they were doing a drill where two guys had to like swing around and then race for the puck. And Tyson Berry got paired up with Connor McDavid. Oh. And you could tell, like, Barry was wanting to change places in the line. He kept trying, and guys weren't letting him. So we had to go toe-to-toe with McDavid. And McDavid beat him so bad. Uh, McDavid actually very seldom will that guy showboat for his teammates. Very seldom. But he did. He beat him so bad, he turned around and stared at Barry and skated backwards like this, skating, staring at Barry as McDavid was skating backwards. I got it on video, and I tweeted it. And Connor kind of said to me after he's like, "Oh, it's on Twitter." He felt he felt bad, but he uh, he big timed him. But back to the point of studies. Well, I, I'm I I don't like. Sure, I would I be interested to see it for a game and go reminisce and go? Ah, sure, whatever. By the way, 2005. Quick Google search says yeah. is when that two line pass rule was taken out. So it it's been some time. Uh, sure, I'd be interested to see it. Uh, I have no interest in it coming back in the game. I think that. This game showcases amazing speed, and uh, I just feel like um, letting players let it all hang out. You know, the headman pass, though it's not, we don't see it a ton. Think about some of the amazing plays that we have seen, some of those long bomb passes. And, you know, uh, I, I just think it's become such a part of why the game can be exciting that uh, I, I don't have an interest in a, in a rule change there, Struts. But I would be curious to see it from a nostalgia standpoint. Oh, yeah.
1: That's that means I never, ever played with no red line. See, I could have been a better player. Yeah. I didn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had to come back as far. I could have started the far blue line then. that would have better. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: no, I get it. I get it. And I, I, and I understand it. I, I, listen, it's not, this isn't something that I'm like willing, Hill uh, I'm willing to die on. Yeah. I, I think that there's, um. You know, I get, but say it's interesting to hear him talk about it. That, that one other one I drop in there, Jacob Trubon asked about a rule change that he wanted. He said he'd like to eliminate the salary cap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a good union boy he's being. Great uh, answer. By answering that answer. one. All right, that was Strutty's World brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. Last segment on the podcast tonight. Brownie, we love that you're sticking with us for the whole thing. Time to time, you'll stick in for the whole thing, but primarily you'll be featured in our uh, breakdown segment. Again, Rob's appearance is brought to you by kin print, but our final segment tonight, uh, we've got lots of good, actually, there's some pretty heavy handed chirps oh. uh, on the stream. And I wonder if new guy, Steve is going to have the confidence to throw those chirps at us in our, ask us anything segment. Cause Zuby wouldn't have a problem. He'll fire those right at our heads. But I'm looking at the YouTube stream, and there's some pretty good chirps on there. So we'll see what Steve has for us. But to ask us anything is brought to you by one of our newest partners, Match Eatery and Public House. They are your destination for all kinds of sports action, big screens, ice cold beer, all your pub favorites perfected. Match Eatery and Public House located adjacent to Rogers Arena in the Villa Casino. For more information, visit matchpub.com. Look forward to a great season of partnership with our good friends over at Match. Steve, are you popping yourself back in for this segment? Are you bringing that (laughs) awkward video and uh, Brownie's throat back in? Where are you,
3: buddy? I will. Uh, I'll gladly uh, sit in Brownie's lap anytime. Yeah. What,
0: what are? What's the mood on the stream tonight? What do you got for us, buddy? A few All questions, you know,
3: some chirps. There's a lot. A lot of forehead chirps. A lot of hairline chirps. That's uh, That's low hanging fruit.
0: No, no. It's Blake McCartney chimes in and says Ryan's hairline is receding faster than the tan line on his forehead. Oh, that is aggressive. Wow. And then he throws in an LOL, joking. Love the pod.
3: Yeah, you know, he's got to let you know that it's all love. He's right (laughs) about all
0: of it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Any serious hockey questions on there, Steve? What do we got?
3: Uh, Well, I mean, there is a report that uh, Connor Brown is or will not be playing back-to-back preseason games, obviously coming back, uh, you know, from what he's coming back from. Is that a concern to anyone? Is that uh, something that, you know, we should be concerned about or is that just par for the course at this point in his career?
1: Brownie? I I would think that's just something they're being cautious. Um there's no reason for them to play back to back uh exhibition games. Um no reason for any of their veterans to do it to be all to be honest. So uh, no concern at all. I, you talked about it earlier that this is uh, I mean the, the 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 way these players train now, the medical attention they get, this is uh the surgeries aren't as bad as they were 15, 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. He's going to come back, he's going to be ready, he's going to be prepared. I've got all the confidence in the world and the medical staff having him ready for game one.
0: And Strud's, I'll, I'll just focus on something Leon Drysidel said in one of his availabilities. Uh, it might've even been, uh, I can't remember when he said it, but it doesn't matter. He talked about Connor Brown and how much of an impact he has the potential to make, but later in the season. And when he referred to how much space that he thinks Connor Brown is going to need to find his stride, he talked about it, not in weeks. He talked about it in months. So tempering expectations that for this player to get where the orders think he can get, we need to be thinking in terms of months, not weeks, just because of how much he missed.
2: Yeah, I think I, I would agree with that. I do think that's a, a leader on the team protecting his buddy. I agree I think he, completely. He's saying no. like, uh, "Hey guys, like, let's just we don't need. He's not going to be Zach Hyman and score, you know, all these goals right away." I think you're trying to pat it a little bit for him. Um, I, I think that the way Connor had his injuries, had quite a bit of time to kind of get past it right like i I, or kind of like physically feel better but i do think the timing so he's got the timing of not played for basically a whole year What he had four games last year then you double down he's going to a new team a team that's gonna be chasing a championship like there's lots coming down so i like that leon's downplaying it but even if connor's not scoring i think connor the way he works and digs he'll be a welcome addition to any line like i think Mm -hmm. people want to play with guys like that that can get those pucks brownie and dig them out and and and
1: and Get him, get him to you, you know? <laughs> well, it, it's true. Uh, they didn't get him to for the regular season. They got him to beat Colorado, beat Vegas, beat L.A. They got him for the playoffs. And they've got 82 games to get them ready. And that's why at the beginning of the season, we talked earlier in one of the other podcasts where you have a Holloway get some top six minutes for a little bit to see what he's capable of doing. You've mm-hmm. talked about having Connor Brown on the third line for a while and how much you would like that. So he, he's going to be moved up and down the lineup. So one of the ways to protect the expectations is don't immediately say, okay, we're having you on Connor McDavid's line and you better be successful. So that's a uh, really
0: good point, Brownie, because for months since free agency, we've been talking about, is he going to play with Leon or is he going to play with Connor? Is he going to play with Leon or Connor? We, yeah. that's, we actually have not come up with the, the core idea, study that whoa, 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 whoa start him down the lineup so yeah. that, you know, he can expectations can be tempered and those things could be tempered. Now, do you think they'll get a look and see how he looks before they make that decision? Or do you think they'll start him? Like, what would you do Struds? start him right away on your third line? And who are you popping up there? Man, Brownie makes a really
2: good point. Uh, I, I think I'd still start him on the top line or, or on one of those two big guys yeah. wings. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I do think that he's 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 physically better than he, like he's been skating. I'm guessing for quite a while. This isn't skating for like yeah. two three months. I think he's been skating for a long time. So I I think I would put him up there high. Yeah. Um. But I think that as a group they got to protect him. So yeah.
0: The hands might take a little while. He's going to be able to skate and throw body checks. That part of his game will be there. Yeah. It's the touch, playing with those offensive players and making good plays and not having the play die on a stick. Sorry, steve we left you hanging, buddy. What else is going on on the stream? <laughs> By the way, Blake chimes in and says, it's okay, Ryan. My hairline is worse. Appreciate that, Blake. Ooh, geez. That's
3: right. First of all, quick shout out to Harrison T, who's getting a DLR fence installed next week. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah, love it, love Harrison. To, uh... <laughs>
0: so Harrison, is that from Rick or in, here in Edmonton or is that from Rob's branch out in Calgary? Always a healthy uh, competitiveness between Rick's branch at DLR here in Calgary and Rob's out to, or in Edmonton and Rob's out in Calgary. So
3: let us know where you're buying from. What else, Steve? Uh, some questions about Evander Kane coming in on Twitter about uh, how he's going to be different this year uh, compared to you know last year recovering from his injury. Is he fully healed, and, and what what can we expect from him this year?
0: Yeah, our understanding, Brownie, is that he will be fully healed and that he's. I mean, he's ready to go. Right, he's healthy. I. I he's a year older, right? He's not getting any younger. He's a year older here, but I think that a year healthy and a year potentially playing with a lot with Connor McDavid. I think we could see a pretty good goal total from from Evander Kane this year. Brownie, you?
1: I agree. I think he's going to come in motivated. Uh, I think he's going to come in excited. The one thing that they're going to want to do with him too, though, is find him power play time. I think when you're a goal scorer, uh, you want to be able to get some, some honey time. You don't want to just be sitting on the bench watching the best power play in the world get, score time after time, and you're just sitting there opening the gate for them. So I think it's important that they find time for both him and Hyman on that power play and allow Kane to get some of those easy goals. If you want him to be a 40 goal scorer, he's going to have to score 10 to 15 on the, on the power play. He's going to have to. So I think you find time for him, but I do believe Evander Kane is going to have a very, very big season. Probably a conversation for another day, but I think managing all these
2: top players is going to be a conversation to have, right? How do you manage everyone and keep them all you know, I'm talking about squishing everyone's ice time. Okay. That helps out the fourth liners and third liners. But there's, you know, six or seven guys who fancy themselves goal scorers and they still also have to get on the power play um, or penalty kill, right? Or, or last minute of games or starting game. Like it's not that easy. Now, this isn't the first team to have this issue um, or had this challenge to keep everyone feeling good and feeling like they're getting their, their touches.
0: Brownie, while you're away, Struds suggested that. He'd like to see a little bit more of a second power play unit established and used regularly. We've had a lot of fun with him since then, and he took a bit of a beating on Twitter for it because we all know how powerful that top unit is. But you mean the greatest power play
1: in the history of the NHL, that power play? Yeah,
0: the greatest one. Should, we hack their, should they hack their minutes in half? No, but honestly, though, he made a point, and I, I think it's a fair point, whether you agree with it or not, but do you think one of those investments should be Investing in a second unit that could at times have some chemistry and be reliable? Or do you think those guys let her buck for a buck 45 of every power
1: play, no matter what? I, I do believe that at times they got to. I would start the second unit just mm-hmm. to give them confidence. Uh, what if you run into injuries? What if Connor can't play four or five games in the playoffs? What if Leon suspended in the playoffs? You got to see who's capable of doing it. Uh, yeah, if, if you've got a game where it's, and you can't just do it when the game's out of hand. Because there's no stress putting your second power play out there on that unit if you're already up 6-1 in a hockey game. Put them out in a 2-1 hockey game in the middle of the second period. Say, all right, you know what? You guys are going to go out there on the power play. Right. See what you can do. I think you have to do that. I think it's good for your team morale if you do something like that. And it finds more minutes for other guys.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: Steve, what else we got, buddy? Let's do uh, one or two more comments, then we got to wrap this pig up. It's We're getting long here.
3: <laughs> Scanman's asking, uh, am I the only one thinking Connor Bedard is going to get hurt in his rookie season? mcdavid's way bigger than him and gets pushed around a lot
0: oh yeah what a start for bedard by the way it was absolutely lighting it up at their rookie camp. i think he probably had three or four goals his first night and some really nice snipes uh i mean he's built the kid is built right this is not uh, that skinner kid when he came in or nugent hopkins when he came in uh he is built he is thick struds i don't know can he go wire to wire healthy with all the focus uh that's going to be on him I hope so for the fans' sake. I mean, I want to see this guy play.
1: Agree.
2: Uh,
0: I got tickets for the game
2: already. One of the games that he's coming here. <laughs> I want to see this guy play. Uh, I've seen him play live in the World Juniors, but I want to see him play live in the NHL. Um, I don't know. I mean, forecasting an injury, it's uh, a little dark for me, but um, I, I do think that they have to be careful and not like make him take all the heavy minutes of first year right out the gate. I'm looking at that team there with uh, the Hawks and I don't know who else is going to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Well, Taylor Hall will be riding shotgun with them. Uh, Once again, Taylor Hall shepherding a number one overall pick into the National Hockey League. Uh, Dr. Gonzo says third and fourth lines have a job. Keep the puck deep and be physical. If this team can hem them in, uh, hem the others in when it counts, they'll be unstoppable. So that back to our conversation about developing a third line that has and
3: identity really appreciate that one now steve one more buddy and then we'll wrap it up uh we got nothing nothing else other than harrison saying that he uh he was edmonton and he met your mom he wants you to know he met. oh your mom.
0: harrison got to meet <laughs> donna at dlr nice 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 i love it steve you can roll the music buddy we'll wrap it up uh really appreciate everybody's contributions here on the stream uh, good job tonight, guys. Brownie, thanks for hanging in the whole time good to see your face again. We'll, uh, we're will we going to do some more this week, so are you free? You're not busy yet, right? You can pop back in.
1: <laughs> Whenever you need me, I'm here. I, as Love long it. as I get to watch Strud do his world thing again, that was really exciting.
0: <laughs> Brownie's not a fan of this featured segment, Strutty. Oh, He wants his own. You're going to have to wait your turn. He does. <laughs> you know what? I got an idea for you, Brownie this okay. is really creative brownie points hey oh, eh? so maybe after a game it. or something you can award or, your brownie point do you do that with Reed already or no
1: uh no no but so what we could do it we could do it copyright right after, yeah we can do it right after strutty's world and i could point out all the things that he said that were wrong
0: <laughs> <laughs> brownie points out all the crap strutty said maybe <laughs> a short segment That made no sense. Right on. Steve, nice job in the background there, buddy. Look forward to chatting with you again soon. Uh, Thanks for your downloads and your subscriptions, folks. If you get a chance, drop us a review over on iTunes. I'm not going to beg you for five stars. Like, whatever. Review us whatever you want. We want your honesty. But if you get a chance, uh, if you like the stream, go leave us a review. That definitely helps us out. We'll drop more pods in the days uh, to come. So keep an eye on our socials and our feeds. By the way, Brownie, we got to get you on Twitter, man. Like, that's <laughs> no. if you're a podcast, you, you struds, struds, vote. Let's I have agree. a team vote. Two to one. Boom. Everybody go. who thinks Rob Brown needs a Twitter feed if he's going to be a podcaster, raise their hand. Yeah, I agree. Boom. Yeah. Like, no, no, Rob
1: Brown doesn't need to get cancelled. He's going to say something <laughs> stupid.
0: You're not going to say... Is that why you're worried? You don't trust yourself?
1: Yes. Yes, <laughs>
0: 100%. Just have your lovely wife filter all of it yeah, before you press the send right. button. Hey.
1: Okay? <laughs> so right, I don't good trust stuff. her either.
0: <laughs> yeah, good stuff. All right, folks. Coming to a Twitter feed to near you soon, Rob Brown. We'll figure out a handle for you. We'll get that up and running next week. Uh, Talk to you again soon here on Got Your Back. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.